This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, we're going to get some PCI compliance tips from consultant Tom Walsh. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tom. Well, thank you, Howard. For starters, please briefly describe the payment card industry data security standard and who must comply with it. Did you know, Howard, identity theft and credit card fraud are, are growing, and it seems like just about everyone you know has experienced a breach or you know someone who's experienced a breach with their credit card stuff. So um, to counter the threat of fraud there and, and the unintentional security breaches, the major credit card companies worked collaboratively to create a, a common industry standard. They call it the Payment Card Industry or PCI Data Security Standard. In September of 2006, the five major credit card companies formed the organization called the PCI Security Standards Council. And what the council tried to do is come up with a set of standard data security criteria that they wanted all the organizations that handle or process credit cards to follow. Now, the standard itself covers both technical and operational system components associated with the cardholder data environment. It includes things like the access to credit card data, transferring the information, storage of the information, um, retention and disposal. Now they've been updating the standard over the years and current version of the PCI data security standard is now version 2.0. It has six goals and then it has all these requirements affiliated with the goals, but mainly the goals are to build and maintain a secure network, protect the cardholder data, maintain a vulnerability management program, implement strong access control measures, regularly monitor and test the networks, and then maintain an information security policy. These are all good things and generally considered common practices. Now, one thing I want to point out, too, Howard, is that uh, many people get confused and they wonder, does this apply to the entire network and to the entire organization? And really, it pertains only to those systems or applications that are used for the storage, processing, or transmission of cardholder data. That's why a lot of organizations try to uh, segregate out credit card data transactions from their other operations. Many healthcare organizations have been focused heavily on complying with HIPAA's privacy and security rules while sometimes overlooking other industry standards such as PCI. So tell us about the security controls that PCI requires. Tell us a little bit more about that. The organizations are worried about uh, complying with HIPAA and they forgot that uh, PCI applies globally to any organization that stores or processes or transmits cardholder data. So most uh, healthcare organizations accept credit cards for uh, payment for co-pays or for paying for the services outright. As part of this, they have to go in and look at these security requirements, and they have to do what's called a self-assessment, and that's a, a questionnaire form they have to fill out, and it has uh, certain criteria, and that criteria is based on the uh, environment in which your credit card processing takes place. 
So they've broken it out into what they call a self-assessment questionnaire or SAQ, A, B, C, and D. A being the most simplistic of all, which is um, the environment where its uh, card is not present, that you'd never have a face-to-face -face interaction. So it's really uh, stuff for e-commerce. Uh, B is when you have a standalone dial-up terminal or point-of-sale terminals, they're called, or an imprint, if anybody still has those these days. I doubt it, but there may be some who still have the old imprint machines. So they would do B. Now, B, the standards were up to about 24 requirements we have to meet. And then C, this would be where you may be using a payment application through the Internet. Um, your point-of-sale terminal doesn't use a dial-up modem but uses the uh, network interconnection to get to the, to the Internet, and that would be an SAQC. And then any other merchant or service processor who uh, processes credit cards that doesn't fall into A, B, or C falls into D. And uh, the number of requirements for D is 222. So they step up from B to C to D depending upon the environment uh, that you're processing credit cards in. What sanctions might an organization face for PCI noncompliance? And could they face a PCI compliance audit as well? Yeah, they could face an audit. Now, while the, the council is really responsible for managing the data security standards, each of the credit card brands maintains its own separate compliance and enforcement programs, which makes it a little bit challenged. Each brand, you know, card brand has their own um, determinations for validation of compliance, and most of it it's, re it's based on reporting, and the reporting is usually a requirement for the acquiring financial institutions or banks or the merchant service processors that work with the organization when they uh, process credit cards. They're the ones who handle the transactions for them. And generally, they'll ask for, you know, a, usually in the form of some kind of a letter, perhaps, to provide evidence or proof that the healthcare organization that's processing the credit cards is indeed in compliance with the PCI data security standard. Now, sometimes a breach may occur, and that's when these organizations will get involved, and then they'll want to see, you know, prove to us you've been compliant with this over the years. Uh, it's not like you have to formally do anything at this point unless the bank or the merchant service processor asks for it. Now, one of the things I've seen, which is a trend, is that the banks or merchant service processors are now sending letters to organizations, and they're asking them to prove that they're compliant by going online to a website and completing their self-assessment questionnaire. If they cannot go online and do this, then they assess the entity, what they call a non-compliance fee. And, and usually it's uh, somewhere around $20 to $25 a month. So if you don't meet all those requirements, a $20 to $25 fee a month doesn't sound like a lot of money. It seems like, okay, well, that's reasonable. But in doing so, what you're doing is you're actually admitting that you're non-compliant with something you were supposed to be in compliance with since 2007. So I think this is really tricky. The other part about this that can be difficult is that when you go on the website to complete the self-assessment questionnaire, 
many times what's included in that registration process is a vulnerability scan that will be conducted by the organization uh, that this bank or merchant service processor is contracted to, uh, to, to go out and, and conduct the scan. When you talk to your IT department, a lot of them do not want some other third party conducting a scan of the network without their knowledge. So I, I think that could be uh, a bit tricky. The other thing is, who gets these letters? And generally, it's not going to end up with IT or information security. It usually will end up with whoever in the organization has the relationship with the bank or the credit card company. So the, the, the bad news is somebody could be getting this letter and not know what to do with it, and they either hold on to it or ignore it. And meanwhile, the folks who really know what they should be doing about it aren't getting the word. So as far as compliance you know, or audit, it comes down to whether or not the merchant service processor or the acquiring bank asks you to prove it. But you really need to have that done, and you should be doing it on an annual basis, and it should have been done since 2007. In most cases, clients, when they go through this, they'll hold on to their results of it and won't uh, turn it over unless they're asked to produce it. So what are a few of the steps that an organization can take to assess whether they are PCI compliant now? Okay, well, some of the things that they need to look at is to figure out who in their organization you know, is handling or processing credit cards. So you've got to look at the uh, various departments. Now, in a hospital, it'll typically be um, or the departments such as admitting, registration, or patient access, whatever they call it these days, um, where the patient first comes in and checks in and pays for a copay, could be the cashier at the hospital, P- patient financial services, which does the billing, patient billing, they'll handle credit cards, gift shop, cafeteria, any of the outpatient services such as pharmacy or any of the clinics, um, urgent care centers, if the organization sells or rents medical equipment and supplies. So those would be areas where credit cards are being handled. So the first step is really getting a handle on the environment itself. The next would be to determine who really owns this PCI project. As I mentioned, it's uh, it's a combination of finance, it's a, a business services, it's the gift shop, it's the cafeteria, it's um, IT. So really they need some high-level executive to take ownership of it. You need to determine what merchant level and type you are. In other words, based on the number of transactions you process and the environment that you process it, are you using just point-of-sale terminals or are you using some Internet um, website, some secure website for processing transactions? then create a transaction workflow, kind of like a a map or a a diagram that shows how credit card transactions take place in the organization and where all the data may reside so you have an idea then of what you need to assess. Then identify the applications and systems associated with the um, processing, storage, transmission of the credit card data Uh, You might want to do an inventory of any of your point-of-sale terminals or cash register systems or uh, card readers that attach to a workstation where they process credit cards. 
then you would conduct your initial self-assessment or in filling out that SAQ, the self-assessment questionnaire. Now, sometimes uh, people, for the first time when they're trying to do this, if they haven't had the experience, they may want to call upon a vendor for some help with that. Once they've done the assessment, then you'll probably find some shortcomings, and that would be something you would put in a report of findings to your executive management to make a determination of the next steps through some type of an action plan and what is it going to cost to remediate these, what kind of resources do we need. Uh, some simple things, low-hanging fruit, that need to be done, and that is create a credit card handling policy and then conduct awareness training for all your employees. Now, the requirement is to train everyone who's handling credit cards when they're newly hired and then annually. And part of that annual training is that the um, employee has to acknowledge that they received a copy of the credit card handling policy and understand what their responsibilities are. So those are some of the key steps um, that need to be taken right away. And is there uh, any overlap between what HIPAA requires and what PCI requires? Well, there is. There is some overlap. As you know, the HIPAA security rule is kind of vague. It was written that way so it could be scalable. So it doesn't give you a lot of detail, whereas the PCI data security standard is very specific and detailed in its requirements. So, for example, we'll just pick one thing, passwords. Within the HIPAA security rule, there's really no specification specific to passwords other than under the standard of security awareness training that we have to conduct um, password management training. We have to teach people how to manage their passwords. But when you look under the technical safeguards section, it talks about um, authentication, but it doesn't specify passwords, which is probably the most commonly used method today in healthcare of authenticating a user. When you look at PCI, they have eight specific requirements on passwords. So they specify things like password length, minimum password length, uh, complexity, history, password expirations, very detailed. So um, if you, an organization can meet all of the requirements of the PCI, you're going to be in great shape when it comes to HIPAA security compliance. Uh, the problem is that most organizations just can't afford right now to invest in their infrastructure as well as the, the controls that are required to meet all of the standards in PCI. But if they could, it would be a great help with uh, HIPAA. Finally, you'll be offering a webinar on PCI compliance strategies in May with us. So tell us what information you're planning to provide in that event. In that uh, webinar, I'm going to go into uh, more detail as far as what is a PCI data security standard. I'll also be talking about some of the common mistakes that I've seen in uh, healthcare organizations as far as addressing the PCI uh, data security standard. We'll uh, provide a more detailed action plan. So um, the webinar will give you uh, a more in-depth uh, coverage of this uh, PCI data security standard will also provide some other resources for you if you want to learn more or, or uh, find where you can get some help on that. Well, great. Thanks very much, Tom. We've been talking today with consultant Tom Walsh. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. 
For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.